listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chan. And Stelter tonight on Inside Sports. Connor McDavid, Zach Hyman, and Jay Woodcroft will uh, speak tomorrow morning and uh, offer their memories of Ben Stelter sadly passing away today at the age of six after a battle with brain cancer. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you, if you go on social media, if you're a sports fan, you're probably following uh, a lot of Oilers uh, players or the Oilers account or hockey accounts and just a lot of people uh, weighing in. Um, the man, oh man, uh, you may follow um, Wendy Lamb. Uh, she's on social media is Wendell and Lamb Chops. I interviewed her a couple of seasons ago as our fan of the night during a playoff game, and she does the little Oilers doodles, and she's drawn a couple of tearjerkers today. So, yeah, a lot of people remembering Ben Stelter, uh, as they should. And, and again, McDavid, Hyman, and Woodcroft will uh, speak to him tomorrow morning. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's Inside Sports on 630 Ched. We do have... The uh, World Juniors going on today, of course, and Canada has just finished off a 5-2 win over Latvia early today. Uh, earlier today, Sweden getting by Switzerland 3-2. Coming up at 8 o'clock at Rogers Place, it'll be Austria taking on Germany. Germany was beaten 5-1 by the United States in the late game last night. The Edmonton Elks are... Getting ready for the game on Saturday against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Their second of three meetings against the Riders this season. They played them back in uh, week two. And, and really, the Elks have had two types of games. Blowouts, and they've lost all of them. And their other five games have been close. They've been able to win two of them and not able to quite figure it out in the other ones. And that game against Saskatchewan was one of them as the Elks wound up, lo wound up losing 26-16. Had the lead in the fourth quarter in that game. Couldn't put it away. So the Riders back in town on uh, Saturday night. The countdown to kickoff is going to be at 6.30 with the game at 8 here on 6.30. Chad Morley, Scott, Dave Campbell, Brendan Escott, Blake Dermott, all part of our broadcast crew. Uh, the Elks before that or during that game will be adding three more names to the Wall of Honor. Jim Germany, great running back who we had on the show last week. Uh, Ed Jones going up there and Joe Holloman as well. And uh, we expect to be able to connect with Joe tonight to be able to uh, get his perspective on going up on that wall of honor. Chris Morris, the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears football team, will join us after 7 o'clock. They're getting going with their camp coming up on the weekend. And Cam Moon, who was, uh, I believe he went to the Canada-Latvia game, He's going to be on the show as well between 7.30 and 8. Always fun to visit with Mooner. Uh, 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch. Got a couple of really nice messages from listeners remembering Ben Stelter, who was, uh, I, I really believe that. That's A lot of things are going to stand out about this past season. Uh, Storylines, for sure. You know, the Kevin Lowe number retirement, McDavid's goal that night in the comeback against the Rangers. You had a, you had a coaching change. Uh, yeah, yeah, you had uh, Vander Kane joining the team and scoring in his first game. Uh, you had Drysdale getting to 50 goals. You had the team clinching the playoff spot with a win over Colorado. You you win Game Seven against LA. You take out Cal. I mean, all the stuff you're going to remember. 
but I do think this is also going to be the year that, hey, that's that's the year young Ben Stelter uh, inspired us all and, and made us all feel something. And we saw how the players acted around him and how important he was to the team and to the city. So, yeah, very sad to see uh, to hear about Ben Stelter's passing. His dad announced it earlier today on social media. We just had a Chief Mowgy on the show who was a family friend of the Stelters and was sort of a liaison between Connor McDavid and Ben Stelter. And you heard a Chief say it. He, he called Connor this morning and Connor's in Europe and, and told him and, and said McDavid was devastated. I was talking about, I got to get back. How can I help? What can I do? So, yeah, I think that's uh, important to show a little thing because uh, some things about your captain as well. It is 640. We're going to call a quick timeout here. Uh, it's Inside Sports on 630, Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Okay, appreciate you tuning in tonight. We got the Elks and the Riders coming up on Saturday night. Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Riders 4-4. Four and four. Elks sitting there at 2-6. and six. And center David Beard with some comments on the magnitude of this game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jones has made it abundantly clear, um, reminding us of yeah the reality of this game and how it's Western opponent or yeah Western opponent and somebody who we want to take care of and take care of early and yeah get the upper hand on. So two wins back of them, you got two games left of them. So you got you're in a position you really got to take care of your own business now, right? Yeah, the opportunity's there. We uh, the ball's kind of in our court, so to speak, and that's what we do with it that matters. Well, and I've been talking about that, though, as I referenced yesterday, I had a colleague t- uh, tell me that I need to quit talking about the Elks playoff chances, but it, it is a fact that th- they still have control here over some things if they start playing better and perhaps even get some wins, and they do have some competition ahead that is not at the uh, level of uh, Winnipeg, who they've lost to once, BC, who they've lost to twice, and Calgary, who they've lost to twice. They play Saskatchewan, who they did lose to, but who I think is clearly not on the level of Winnipeg, BC, and Calgary. I, I really think those teams are completely separated from the, the rest of the league. Uh, I mean, BC with one loss, they've only lost to Winnipeg. Calgary with two losses, they've lost to Winnipeg twice. Those two teams have beat everybody else they played. BC and Calgary play this weekend, and uh, that should be a pretty good game. Uh, and then you look at the East. Yes, Toronto is 4-3. and three. The, Toronto might not be a bad team. Hamilton, they're good in the first half. Absolute disaster in the second half of the game uh hamilton and then montreal two and six and ottawa one and seven and and i think that's why there's still some hope here for the elks that they play ottawa twice back to back on the 19th and 27th after they play the riders this weekend so that's why there's some hope that they can get up to five wins and be five and six going into Labor Day. Now then you gotta play Calgary twice. You don't appear to be anywhere near as good as Calgary at this point. But that is how the math works out. And as David Beard said, that's uh, that's what they're talking about. Going to be special this weekend because uh, three names going on the wall of honor. Jim Germany, Ed Jones, and this man checking in tonight. One of the all-time greats in double E history. It is Joe Holloman on the line. Joe, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fabulous. Well, it is a pleasure to it is a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, tell me about the moment you were you found out you were going to be added to the Wall of Honor. Uh, shock, uh, kind of disbelief, excited, enthusiastic, all bold in one. <laughs> Very good. 
Well, I bet. I, I love how you put that. That that is uh, that is a really cool honor. Before we maybe dive into some memories and stuff, let let everybody know what you're up to these days. Uh, where are you living, and and are you involved in football at all? Uh, not involved in football directly, uh, but I got a couple of grandsons that are playing at uh, you know seventh grade, eighth grade levels, and uh, or excuse me, seven year old and uh, fourth grade levels, and they're enjoying it. I get to put in, get it put a little in every once in a while, but uh, neither of those kids ever saw me play, or yeah, matter of fact, they never saw their own their parents play. My sons. So when you start telling them stories about Things that happen, they're oh yeah, uh huh, uh huh, yeah. <laughs> so it will be uh, it will be great for me to take back some memories and let them know that their old grandpa uh, used to run up and down the fields as well. <laughs> right on. Uh, okay, and where are you li- where are you living these days? Just a uh, little north of Seattle in a city called Snohomish. S N O H O M I S H. All right. Well, yeah, nice part of the world. I've visited Seattle a few times. It's uh, it's great. They love their Seahawks, and now they love their hockey too, which is pretty cool. Yes, sir. So... Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. The cracking jo- crackin is cracking in. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that's right. Do, do you now? Do you do you watch a lot of NFL, NCAA, or will you, like do you watch hockey, basketball, and baseball too? What kind of a sports fan are you? I watch all sports, uh, even track and field and hockey. And who's your so, favorite hockey team? Is it the Oilers or are you cracking now? The Oilers are still my favorite hockey team whenever we get to watch them down there, down in the U.S. So when you're south of 49th parallel, you get very little uh, Canadian sports. I was able to watch the Oilers in their Stanley Cup run this year. Uh, just because it was in the NHL playoffs, we got some some hockey down there, lots of it during the playoffs. But normally during the regular seasons, we don't get very much hockey south of the 49th parallel yeah okay well i'm glad you got to watch the playoffs those are the best part as you know but now we probably will because of the seattle Kraken. right yeah absolutely and, and in the same division as the oilers so people will be following them too that's awesome right. okay and tv stations will be uh and local tv stations will be carrying a lot of the games as well before you oh. had to try to find it on tsn or espn2 to try to find the game and uh yeah by the time you finish searching for it you're tired <laughs> right <laughs> i bet okay let joe Holman joining us on inside sports let's let's flash back to the the mid-70s when you came to edmonton and came to the canadian football league because i, I believe you'd been drafted into the nfl in 1975 uh, and obviously, you played in the NCAA before that. So, to tell me about how you wind up joining. You wound up joining the Double E. Long, long story, but I'll try to shorten it up as much as I possibly can. Uh, went to uh, before the NFL draft. I had uh, a visit to the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers with uh, uh, head coach uh, Mike Riley and GM Earl Lonsford, and uh, they wanted me to sign a contract then, and I wanted to wait until the NFL draft came out to see if I got drafted in the NFL. They didn't like it because I wanted to wait, and uh, they kind of like gave me the, the heave-ho. And uh, <clears throat> I did get drafted by the Vikings, went to the Vikings, stayed there in training camp four or five weeks in three preseason games, did not make the final cut. And I was released that the morning before I left the Vikings camp. I got a call from uh, the Blue Bomber. 
customers. Then they wanted me to go back to Arkansas, where I'm from. And within two weeks, they were going to have me uh, come back to Winnipeg. Three weeks passed and nothing. And uh, I talked to my then head coach, Bill Davidson, and he had been to Edmonton before uh, on a coaching uh, thing in, in the spring on a guest coach. And I also had a ex-teammate from college, Calvin Harrell, who was playing with the Eskies at that time. So he made the call and uh, talked to Ray Yock and wanted to find out if they needed any DBs. And uh, Ray Yock said, if he can play, we need him now. So I came up to Edmonton in September of 75 on a five-day trial that lasted about eight weeks. And oh, wow. During that, during that eight-week period of time, I played every skill position on the football field, on the scout teams against our defense and our, and our offense. Uh, tailback, wide out, slide back, uh, left corner, right corner, right half, left half, and free safety. And uh, uh, so I, I, I guess I displayed ability to play different positions. And uh, when they got around to special team practices or special teams, uh, I, I guess to call it what I think it would be, uh, special teams drill for the following game for the next upcoming game. I would play the speed guy on the other team in practice. And uh, I, I think I showed the coaches that I was versatile enough to play in the CFL. And being able to play more than one position was a plus, not a, a deterrent. So it all went well. And uh, when I checked into the hotel in Edmonton on, uh, on that five-day trial, there was a guy named Vince Faison staying in the Edmonton Inn already. And I got I had a chance to chat with him, and he was leaving. He had just been released by the Eskimos. And then there was another guy in that same hotel. His name was Mike Fink, and he was taking the place of Vince Faison. The day after I was in the hotel, another guy shows up at the Edmonton Inn at this time, and he's coming in for the same position. Four days later, a third guy shows up, and he's being recruited for the same position on tryout. So after about uh, eight weeks of you know running plays, we're getting into late October, and uh, the SPC only had about five games left to go. And because of an injury my senior year in college, I only played three games my senior year. I had not played in an active game since September the year before, and this is October, a year and a month later. So I made the decision I would sign a contract with the Eskimos and go back home and work out for the offseason and come back in training camp where everybody was starting out on an even kill and I'm not the guy, you know, going out into a game, mess it up, and I'm the next guy catching a fight home. So that was my introduction to the CFL. <laughs> and, and I'm glad of board because I had a lot of learning to do about the different rules and different styles of play for the CFL. And then when I came back for the next year, I just got to let Norm Kimball know that uh, if I don't make your team doing training camp, you need me before the end of the season. Though, but not that you want me, you're going to need me. Right. <laughs> that that's an incredible story. I, and I didn't realize you went over a calendar year without playing in a game because of a, an injury. That must have been driving you you crazy. Um, obviously. You were part of the team that eventually won five great cups in a row. I asked Jim Germany this question when I had him on last week. We, we you look back at that point in the record book, and it's it, it's an amazing accomplishment. As you were living it, 
were you thinking like, well, man, like this is great. We're, we're, we're a great team. I'm part of history. Or was it just week to week, game to game for you as you were going through the ride? It was week to week, year by year. Yeah. And it was, it was all about winning and dominating in the league. It wasn't about setting any records or, you know, being better than anybody else that had ever played with the Eskimos. It was about winning football games. Taking the guys that wore the different color jerseys and sending them home with tails tucked between their legs. Taking the guys in the other color jerseys and sending them back to their locker rooms with their heads hung down. Now, in, well, in, you guys in, did in, that a lot. <laughs> in the course of that, right. we got spanked a couple of times too. All right, so I knew how that feeling felt, and you wanted to avoid that feeling of having lost a game at all costs. Yeah. What what did you do right after football? Um, like I, again, I was talking to, to Jim last week, and he went into sales, and he said that being a football player helped him uh, in sales because he was so so competitive, and he had you know yeah. you got to come out on top all the time. What did you do after uh, <laughs> after you left? <laughs> uh, well, when I first left the, left the league, I also went into sales, but insurance and investment with a company named Pride America Financial Services, and I'm still involved with that today. And uh, it's been it's been really, it worked out very well for me. Right on. When are you coming into town? You must be leaving tomorrow or Friday. Uh, I've been here since Monday. Oh, you're already here. Okay, perfect. When was the last time you were back before this week? Uh, three years ago, uh, and I usually get back to Edmonton two to three times a year to visit some of the guys that uh, worked with me when I was in Edmonton and are still working with me in the financial services industry. And uh, due to the pandemic of the last three years, I haven't been able to visit. So I came early and I'm going to stay late to make sure that I get to visit with uh, you know some of the guys that helped me to build a business here in the, in the great city of Edmonton. Well, people will be glad to hear that Edmonton is still such an important part of your life, Joe, and, and you're an important part of the city, an important part of this franchise history. Congratulations on going up on the uh, Wall of Honor. I look forward to seeing that ceremony Saturday night. And thanks for Thank sharing you your much. story with us, Joe. Yeah, all the best. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And uh, for all the Edmonton fans that are listening to this, I live in Snohomish, Washington, but Edmonton is basically my home. All right on. People are going to love that. That is Joe Holloman on Inside Sports.